Yeah. So the spon the spontaneous part of me, if somebody pulled up with an RV in my driveway tomorrow and said, Hey, this is yours. I'd be like, bye everyone. It's been really great to know you. <laughs> there would be no question. So you can be uniquely you and you can do things uniquely your way. And that doesn't make it wrong or right. It makes it you and it makes it, you can be unique in that, in, in whatever you're doing. It's okay for you to do that as long as it, you know, is working for you. And so it's, it really is not just the RV community. It's a whole community of people in this, you know, crazy thing we called life. And that's all, you, that's what everybody needs. Welcome to the craft beer, travel and adventure podcast with living a stout life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. So, people can travel in so many different ways. And to us, I think travel is kind of simultaneously with, like, living, because we live and travel on the road. But even if you're just traveling for a vacation or a break or whatever, like when, however you travel, whether it's via an airplane or an RV or car camping or whatever you're doing. So you seek out the resources that you need, depending on how you travel. And one of the first things that we found when we started traveling um, three years ago was something called Harvest Hosts, where basically you could stay overnight at breweries. And so that was one of the, and more, but that was one of the things that really got us intrigued by it. We're like, wait, you can stay overnight at a brewery? Okay, we can drink and then just crawl into our RV and yeah. not have to like drive anywhere? Yeah, you don't have to be stupid or even, or you know, you don't have to be like, I can only have one or two drinks because we got to drive. Right. You can't be stupid in that aspect. And this lets you, you know, and maybe enjoy a place a little more. And So what's really cool about staying overnight at breweries mm -hmm. is also when you stay overnight at a brewery and there happens to be like a mountain biking trail, Right. right next door that's pretty cool yeah so then yeah, you add you got a place to park yeah yeah and sleep and, and drink, drink and ride and ride that's pretty cool and, and you can find that. if that's you stay overnight that one night too you can repeat the next day you can drink mm -hmm. some more wait maybe you should ride first yeah and then drink <laughs> yeah i think most of the time it's pretty good to go <laughs> in the order of ride first drink later yeah. <laughs> Just, ride first drink later yeah no from a wanting to live with all my bones intact <laughs> kind of aspect. So Kenny, why <laughs> am I talking about staying overnight at a brewery and mountain biking right next door to that? Don't we have some kind of a guide or something like that on our website? Well, that sounded like you weren't prodding me at all. Was, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> it was just a natural conversation. No, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, we do have those. We have guides to all the different regions across the United States for uh, that will help you find cool harvest host stays along with um, bike trails. Because that's one of the thing that things that drive like me crazy when we're trying to travel is we want to try to find um, breweries, and then we also want to try to find mountain biking trails that are kind of close to those breweries. And we would also love to stay somewhere where we can sleep close to all that it would be great so then instead of trying to figure out like you should see us typically with our phones like he's got <laughs> kenny has his phone i have my phone we have like two or three different apps going at the same time each yes <laughs> and we're trying to figure out where to camp that's close to the mountain biking trails that's also close to a brewery and so we're not spending the entire day driving to all these places and so instead of like constantly doing that i came up with this brilliant ta-da idea of working with um, Harvest Toast, which is an, a company that we love, who you'll hear more about it because we're actually talking to Lisa Manning this week on the podcast. So she'll tell you all 
about this, but our piece that we really love about this is that we've created these guides because of that constant like juggle of the apps and the phones, it's frustrating. So we created them so you don't have to juggle with different apps and different two different phones trying to figure out where the breweries are next to the mountain biking trails, next to a place you can stay. So unless you like parasailing, because we didn't do a harvest host and parasailing guide. <laughs> we did not. So now you're back on your own. But although you can look at our guides for the harvest host part of it, because like we picked out some really cool places. Yeah. Speaking of cool places, I think, <laughs> I think, well, and as you, as you all know too, like the coolest places that we say that are cool are of course, because of the beer, but also because of like the, the people that we meet at those places and the ambiance that comes with it. It's the experience. Yeah. That's the whole thing is like the all around experience, which someone, um, I guess is the word justified that to me. Like someone, is that the right word? Justified that to me or made me feel like that was the right Maybe way that I think. Reinforced it. Reinforced. Because I can't remember who I was talking to this last weekend, but they were saying like, yes, but like, I love this place. It was great beer and great food and everything was amazing. And then she stopped and she was like, or maybe it wasn't, and it was just the entire experience of it and all the stuff that was going on around at the same time. Because she totally <laughs> just stopped and got really serious. Maybe it wasn't. But I was like, well, yeah, it was, because that's the way you remember it. So if your experience gave you that place, I don't remember the name of the place we were talking about, but it, if your experience mm -hmm. gave you that place as one of your favorite places, that's okay. No, I, I agree, because, you know, I've been to plenty of breweries that, the beer was just good, you know, and nothing special. It didn't knock your socks off, just beer in and of itself. But it may be one of my favorite breweries ever or something because of the ambiance there and the people there and the vibe and, and just the the moment that you had. You know, you could have an, a great experience that just amplifies everything else. So the beer's a little bit better. Maybe the food's a little bit better because the people were amazing. Yes. Whether and, they're but, people who work there or people you met there and the hangout and all that kind of stuff. But speaking of like, some some places are the amazing places because of the amazing beer and the amazing experiences. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. about to go way off topic here for a second because I just thought of something. And I don't know if Kenny knows this or not because it is an amazing place and it has amazing experiences. Uh oh. But did you hear the sad news in Denver? Falling Rock Tap House is closing. Oh, shit. Yep. No. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. And breaking hearts. I actually, I read an article really? um, from Jonathan, I like to call him Coberman, but it's not Jonathan, <laughs> Colorado beer man, Shikes. We actually, um, he was on our, our podcast a while ago. I'll link to that podcast in our notes. But I was just scrolling through Facebook. You know, he wastes time scrolling through Facebook. And then came across uh. this article that he wrote in Westward, which is a big magazine in Denver, um, and ever, even if you've never been, even if you're not familiar with Denver per se, most people are very familiar with the Falling Rock Tap House. And so he was writing this article about how they're closing and their last, um, their last pint served will be next Sunday. So that's the Man. June 27th. So if you, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you got a week to get there. That is really a bummer. Cause that was really one of the better tap houses in the United States. And I do know, you know, um, I don't, I, I, I know the owner slightly, Chris Black. I know him a little bit, just mostly from Facebook. And I've met him a couple of times in person. So, I'm, you know, we don't really know each other and hang out and that kind of thing. We're not that close. But 
I know that he worked really hard on that place for a long time and that I know he was really struggling with Falling Rock over the the whole COVID shutdown and everything because Falling Rock isn't a place that you can go buy, you know, a bunch of to-go. What do you mean struggling? Like a lot of places, struggling through COVID. Just struggling with business from being shut down and having everything limited and... But that was only one piece of it. He even said that. It's not because of COVID that he's closing. It's like that was okay. one piece over the last five years. That was mm-hmm. one tiny little piece of all the things that were going on. Um, but basically a lot of it, too, was like when the area that they're in in downtown Denver near Coors Field mm-hmm. was going like four, four or five years ago. I think they went through this whole like construction thing on the street by him. And he said his business dropped like 30 percent from that construction. And it just kind of never bounced back. But he did say... He just recently celebrated 24 years, and he was like, 24 years is a damn good run, so... Yeah, it is. You gotta celebrate. And I mean, that was a place you could go and get all the crazy, unique beers, and, like, they would do things like... uh, I know this is... For me, personally, I remember doing a Sierra Nevada um, Bigfoot barley wine vertical there, where he had three or four years of the Bigfoot barley wine in in succession that you could taste at the same time in one sitting, you know, and that stuff like that was really cool to do there. And it was, um, for the great American beer festival, falling rock was kind of the center of Denver for around GABF. It was where all the brewers that came into town and a lot of the brewery workers and stuff and people going to GABF. If you wanted to meet that brewer from across the country or whatever while they were in town for GABF, you'd just go over to Falling Rock and hang out, and you'd see so many people there that just came, and that was like the meeting point around GABF, and that's a bummer. That's a bummer because so, that's a really cool place. Yeah. I'm a, that sucks. I'm sorry, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't known, I hadn't seen that yet. As I was off doing some other work today, so I didn't yeah. hadn't been online much. So but, I know that's kind of off topic, but yeah. we are considered, you know, we are a beer podcast, and that was like the news of the day when we we're recording this piece of our, you know, introduction to well, and Lisa think, Manning and Harvest House. But you know, we still have to talk about it's it's still about the beer. Like that's what we're about. Well, and so. you could probably hear it. It's like that sucks <laughs> and it really that, sucks that sucks for me that's a that's a kick in the groin man <laughs> well, because that's it is really one a favorite place because if we were actually back in denver we would make sure that we hit there a couple times before they do close mm. and absolutely and we're not we're in montana so so you know cheers to the long run of falling rock tap house and chris black <laughs> all right enough. so back Bye, on topic Mary. But yeah, (laughs) bummer back to happier (laughs) times. But that's no, but that's, (laughs) that's what can kind of link back to this is like you, you have to kind of take advantage of the community that you have at that moment in time. So Mm -hmm. speaking of like community and like the harvest toast and staying overnight at breweries and meeting new people and like having the experience that you love wherever you happen to be at that time, that might not happen again because you might go back to that same brewery or that same mountain biking trail or that same like I don't know, community feel that you thought you had before and you go back to it and try to recreate it and you're never going to recreate that same experience. So if you happen to go to a place that you absolutely love, like a Harvest Toast Brewery or Vineyard or whatever, or or a mountain biking trail, or you happen to go to, you happen to make it to Falling Rock Tap House and it was an experience that you loved, you don't want to recreate that exact same experience anyhow. You want to have new ones all the time and then have these great memories that you've made. And yeah. So there's going to be a lot of memories with all that. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's what it's all about. Yes. Yeah. And that's, but that's what Lisa, so that's who we're going to be talking to is Lisa Manning. But that's what she talks about, too, is just like all the memories that you make and all the connections that you make on the road. So when you go to stay overnight at these places of fellow travelers, of people, you know, you make connections with the owner of the brewery or you make connections with uh, the camper that's sitting next to you and you make plans to meet up again later. And so even Chris Black from Folly Rock on the article I was reading in the Westward was saying something like that. He's like, sure, we'll have some kind of a pre-GABF party again, (laughs) wherever my friends are at or wherever everybody's at, at that moment in time when GABF comes back in 2022, I'll be there toasting it and having a great beer and having a great time. We're just going to create new ones new memories and well that's all you can do i mean it's unfortunate when things like this happen but you know i mean anybody who's ever done anything in life's always what do they say it's like it's not how many times you get knocked down it's how many times you get back up and and all the successes come from failures and and i and even this i wouldn't call falling rock closing a failure because a 24 year run is a great success and something they should be really proud of and so yeah it's just it is unfortunate it sucks from a a fan standpoint or somebody who wants to go there and hang out standpoint but there's other stuff and that and that's why you build that community around you too because it's not all one thing you know, you don't you don't well, build your community. You don't have, a community isn't one thing. It's it's many people, many friendships, many places, many things that all come together. So, and that's another reason why we honestly love Harvest Host and the membership mm-hmm. that we've that we've gotten and the community that we've created with that as well, and the community that Harvest Host has created. And um, yeah, so that's why we like that. That's I mean that's that's it. It's community. We've talked about that all the time. It's not. It's a more than just the beer. It's about the community. It's about the people. Oh, totally. And Harvest Host has done a great job of creating that community um, while people are on the road. So for those of you who are thinking maybe about going on the road, traveling more, or living more, or part time, or whatever you're thinking about, if you're worried about losing the people that you have at your hometown or losing like that community that you have. Dude, don't worry. There's such a community on the road. And then if you match mm-hmm. that community with the vineyards and the breweries and the farms that you get to stay at, like it's you're going to have so many more people. Well, that's honestly that part of our everywhere. community, though. Yeah. Like we have friends. We've stayed at different places, like different breweries and things like that, that we made friends that we stay in touch with still that that work there. We've made friends at different places that they just happen to work there and we hang out and, you you know, it's a little different thing when you stay there than just going in for a beer. Right. It's, it's weird. It's kind of a, it's hard to explain, but you just make a little different connection sometimes, not every time, but sometimes, and that's, that becomes part of your community too. Or you meet, like April said before, you meet like somebody else who's doing the same thing, staying there, like whether it's Harvest Host or not. And, um, you know, you just meet people and sometimes you hit it off and you just know that whether you buddy up and travel down the road together or you see each other six months later or a year or two years later, you're going to have that pick up right where you left off. Like you were just, like, you've always been best friends. It's weird how yeah. that just happens, but it does yeah. all the time. <laughs> okay. So yes, 
of course, we're going to be talking about like Harvestos and exactly what it is. And then a little bit further in, we start talking more about her wishes to travel and how she really wants to move into an RV. And we start talking just more about like RV hacks. And um, it's funny because she turns the table on us and starts interviewing us. (laughs) So just as in any other podcast that we do, it's more about the conversation with friends. And so if you're a brewery owner or you have a vineyard or you're a farmer or you have space for an RV to park and you have something to sell those RVers and you want to be a part of our fun friend conversations and meeting up with people um, and creating more of a community. In other words, if you want to become a Harvest host, we have all that for you and we have all the information on our website. I'll link it in the show notes. Or if you just want to become a Harvest Host member where you have an RV and you want to tool around and plant your butts at a brewery overnight. Yeah, we have that information. Or winery or distillery. Or or alpaca farm. Yeah, so many places. Orchard. If if you um, (laughs) want to be a member to do, you know, what we're doing, traveling and just staying overnight at breweries sometimes, um, we have a discount for you. Yeah. And it's on our website too, so you can just... Yeah, if you, if you sign up through our website, you get 15% off. Yes. And host. And if you're going to be a host, though, it's completely free to sign up to be a host. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything to be a host, yeah. a har- an actual harvest host, like a brewery or, or distillery or if, you're, if you own a business like that. Yeah. Or if you just have some kind of cool business that Museum. has space for an RV, there's there's not a lot of limits on what, uh, what you can and can't do. And you'll hear that in the podcast because we talk a little bit about some of the funkier kind of places yeah. that are Harvest House, which is right. kind of cool. I found it pretty interesting. It is. So now that we are done, mm-hmm. you and me are done with our 15-second commercial. Here's Lisa. Because I'm going to say welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure podcast. We have Lisa Manning, the doer of all things from Harvest Hosts. <laughs> <laughs> However, what is your official title for Harvest Hosts? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So what is what is your official title, Lisa? We have my official, my official title is head of hosts and member success. So we try to make both our hosts and our members happy. Perfect. How's that going? Is everybody happy? Most of the time, everybody's happy. Uh, <laughs> it's it's real life. So, you know, you're out there in an RV and things happen and they're not happy and your black tank explodes on you and that's a not happy day. But most of the time, people are very, very happy and they have fun. And we have such a great, I mean, who doesn't want to have fun when you get to go visit alpacas and tigers and cleaning factories and fun stuff like that. So actually you, okay. So wait, wait cleaning factory. No, you can't do that yet. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I've not heard of a cleaning factory harvest host. But you, you can't do that okay, yet. Okay. Okay. I won't do that. I'll I, we'll save that one. We'll save that one. Well, I wanted to ask about like some unique harvest host, but first we have to tell our listeners like yeah. what the hell is harvest host? <laughs> yeah. We probably should talk about that a little bit first. Well, so harvest host is a, we connect our veers with, um, farms, breweries, wineries, unique locations, museums, aeronautical museums, car museums, uh, museums of clean, vacuum museums, things like that, um, that they can go and they can have one overnight stay on a harvest host at a a host location. And while they're there, they go in, we hope that they go in and make a purchase from the host and they, you know, visit and enjoy the host. So if they go to a farm, we want them to go in and buy some eggs and butter and beef, or if it's an alpaca farm, you're going to buy some alpaca socks, something like that. So it's a membership program. It's an annual membership fee. And you have, you have to have a self-contained RV, which means you have to be, have your own toilet and your own source of power and all of that. And so that you can boondock overnight on these locations. It's very cool. We love it. 
Like when, so yeah. when we first moved into the RV, which by the time this podcast airs, everyone, it will have been just past our three-year nomad anniversary. That's such a cool Congratulations. Term. How much fun. <laughs> and then when we first moved into it, so the first thing we didn't know is, first of all, wait, you can live in an RV because you had, I had no clue you could live in an RV. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other things is people talked about harvest hosts and we're like, what is harvest host? And then when you find out you can stay for free, especially for us at a brewery, we're like, what? Okay, we're in. <laughs> yeah, harvest host was the first any kind of member program that we did um with the rv any kind of program i like we didn't sign up for insurance nothing it was harvest host <laughs> and i'm a little biased but i i really think you guys made like the perfect choice as your first option so harvest host is just it's a great we have a great community of members we have a great community of hosts like i can't i love my job i love our hosts i love our members we get you know it's just so much fun like who doesn't want to go stay at all these fun places yeah. So wait, sorry. So I was going to say, so I don't want um, our listeners to think that this is just an ad about Harvest Host. Yes, we're talking about Harvest Host, but you just said it perfectly, Lisa, that it's a another community. And that was one thing when we moved into the RV, when we first started, we're like, well, we're leaving all of our friends and all of our family. And it's going to be hard because we don't know anybody really on the road. And But it started so quickly building a community. And that's the whole purpose of like, these membership programs and stuff is for community. And that's the whole purpose of our podcast too. Is like, well, we started building our community before we hit the road. We actually went to Heath and Alyssa Paget's um, RV entrepreneur conference in, in Texas, like a few months before we hit the road. And that was a great place to kind of start feeling that community space in the RV world. And then Harvest Post was like a natural fit for us because we're brewery lovers in the first place for before we were in the RV. And breweries for us are a community too, because it's a very communal kind of gathering space. And to have breweries be part of Harvest Host was just like, oh man, we're in. <laughs> it didn't take a big sale for us. One of the really fun things that I'll tell you is a lot of people say that about our host. I can't tell you how many times we get an email from a host or a member who says, I mean, we just got an email like last month that said they they came and they were part of the same military operation that they were in. I mean, these people were um, probably in their sixties, seventies. And so they were part of the same military, however, you know, whatever their brigade or whatever it was, they were part of the same. So when he came in, they were talking military stuff and he's like, yeah, I was in the army. I was in this. And they just realized that they were on base the same time. And they went out and did the same maneuvers and all that. So it was really a connection there. And then we get hosts and members who will say, you know, oh, I stayed at this host location. And, you know, before the pandemic and before we had you know, couldn't travel overseas a lot. Um, we had hosts that would say, you know, we met these, this fantastic couple from Germany and we love them. So we're going over to Germany next week to visit them. So, I mean, it was just, so not only are you having a community of our beers, but now you've pulled in our hosts who are part of that. It's a different kind of community and you've gotten to know these. hosts. So these people will, some of the hosts, if you want to, now some of our members want to stay in their RV and, you know, be quiet and enjoy their time in their RV away. But other, uh, some of our members enjoy getting out and talking to the, the hosts and they'll sit around the campfire and, you know, the, the host is allowed to make a campfire. Our members are not, but the, <laughs> when the hosts make a, uh, if they have a, you know, a fire pit or they are just outside talking, they'll, they'll sit, they've invited them to dinner. And I mean, one, we had one, there was a um, tornado. So the host actually called the member and said, there's a tornado warning. Y'all need to come in our house right now. So they invited them into their home. And so it's, it really is not just the RV community. It's a whole community of people in this 
you know, crazy thing we called life. And that's all, that's what everybody needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from our experience too, that's how a lot of the the folks that we've met that are hosts, because we, because we seek out a lot of places like farm breweries and uh, wineries and places like that, that are in more rural areas a lot. And that is just, that's fun. That's people that just want to hang out and have a good time and, you know, they'll, they'll show you all the, the lay of the land and give you all the inside tips on where you sh- where you can go and how to explore the area. And that's the what's, fun for me. What's your favorite host? Well, we, we might have different ones. I don't know. That's my, okay. You can have different ones. My favorite is probably Biotech Brewing in, um, outside of Arnoldville, Louisiana, because it's a farm brewery that the family has owned for years and years. And, uh, they just have, they're, they're wonderful. They do like, um, reclaimed all their water from brewing and they have a crawfish pond out behind that they built. So they actually oh. raise their own crawfish and have crawfish boils on the property there. At the Did you have a crawfish boil? Cause I had only had recently had a crawfish. We had, um, crawfish edifice at one of our restaurants. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Yeah, we oh. did. This is a little different than Edafe, but <laughs> this is sure. a crawfish. You got to crack them open and everything. But um, yeah, we did. We did that because we've been to Biotech several times because they're they we've been become friends with them and they're just wonderful people. And so, the guy who runs it, um, Carlos, is actually the president of the Louisiana Craft Brewers Guild. Too, is he still so. know? Yeah, he oh, is. Right now. I double checked it. What's your favorite? I mean, it's probably up there. It's probably still Biotech Brewing, but I also uh, loved Booth Bay. Booth Bay Craft. Oh, Booth Bay is one of our most popular. They're packed all the time. Like, yeah. I don't even know how they actually, I feel like, I think I heard that Booth Bay actually had to hire a person just for Harvest Host. Like they have one person that just handles all the reservations and all of the um, orientations when you get there, where to park and all that. So they are so busy with Harvest Host that they hired a person just to handle it. That's probably one of the first uh, Harvest House we stayed at because we were in Maine when we first early on, left. Yeah. So that was in 2018. And then, yeah, yeah it was just, a, we didn't, so we only have our 24 foot RV and we don't, at that time, we didn't bring a car, tow a car or anything like that. So when we parked there, we were only there and it's a little bit outside of, is it Booth Bay Harbor? Mm-hmm. That we're a little bit outside yeah. of. And so we would just ride our bikes into the town, like right along the coast. And then we'd ride our bikes back to the brewery. And it was like, I love that brewery. It was so great. We met another couple who were staying there in their RV park part of it and like played cards with them that night and had fun and hanging out again, the whole community thing. Well, and we get a lot of people who meet back to your community. We get a lot of people who meet each other at Harvest House locations and then they travel on to another spot. So a lot of people who email us will say, hey, do you do your spots only have one space? Because if they only have one space, I can't go there because I want I have friends that we travel together in our RVs separately. So, um, of course, we have lots of hosts that have more than one space. So if you have a couple of you, two or three of you that are traveling in a little caravan, you can go see Harvest House too that way. So it's a lot of fun. We did that with a friend, pretty good We've friend of ours. Several in the road. times now. <laughs> our BFFs, sorry, Barry and Deborah from the virtual campground, but no, they are BFFs too. But our other BFFs from um, a fearless venture, Brian and Teresa Ott, we met them at Back Forty Brewing in uh, Gad- Gadsden, Alabama, mm-hmm. and we met them to hang out there. And then, what's the cool thing about Back Forty Brewing is it's like three, two or three miles from mountain biking trails. So again, if you don't yeah. have a car or anything like that and you're a mountain biker, like you just hop on your bike right there and the mountain biking trails right there. And then you come back yeah. and you have some good beer. <laughs> well, it makes me giggle when I hear you guys saying, yeah, we met somebody and we traveled. Did you guys see the movie RV with Robin Williams? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like they're following each other, you know, like, Hey, get away from us. We don't want you around. But right. That's hilarious. So that's me. We say, Hey, we met somebody at a brewery. We decided to travel with them. I'm like, did they want you to travel with them? Or <laughs> <laughs> right. Were they just like politely saying, sure, come along. It so is kind of you. funny that we haven't really seen them ever since. No, <laughs> Oh, well, do they have weird kids? That was the question. Right. No, no. Well, they... well, maybe. I don't know. We've only met a couple of their kids. No, no, we didn't even meet their kids. Yes, we did. No, we did meet their son. I'm just shaking my head. Yes. Kenny's just like, wait, what? Who, what? Huh? Now, do you guys have like fur babies that you take on the road with you? And um, we don't. Okay. You, we love on everybody else's fur babies. And that way it makes it easier for us to travel. <laughs> And you don't have to clean up after them. That's the best that's, part. Yeah, that's huge. Or worry about them if they're in the camper and they need, yeah. they need a air conditioning or heat or something like that, too. Because they are. They're fur babies. You have to take care of them. Definitely. Yeah. You have to keep them alive. It's a thing. <laughs> kind of like kids. So, so speaking of dogs and pets and all that, how, how does Harvest Host handle that with dogs? Do some say no pets? Do most say that's fine? About 90% of our hosts do allow pets. So it's very pet friendly. And as you probably have learned being out on the road full-time for three years, everybody seems to have pets that has an RV. It's kind of a thing. You have an RV, you get a pet to go with it. So um, we have a lot of people who have pets. We do have some working farms who don't want animals because some of the um, members may not keep, you know, want to keep them on a leash. So it's really important. They keep them on a leash and pick up after them and they're fine. Lots of you know, almost all of our hosts will allow it. So it's good. Okay. I think one of the more surprising things with pets and RVs though, is how many people have cats. There are a well, lot of beers that have cats and a lot of them are on leashes. <laughs> it's strange. Well, Joel Holland is our CEO and he actually has ferrets and he takes the ferrets on the road sometimes. Oh, wow. <laughs> does he put ferrets on a leash and walk, take them out for a walk and stuff? Or I don't he... know, but that seems like a question for our next meeting, don't you think? I think so, yeah. I yeah. bet you he does, because a lot of people with ferrets will put them on their little leashes and bring them out. I think I've been trying to convince everybody we should have a Harvest Host contest, like the first person who um, like gets an R gets an alpaca into an RV, like just to take fun pictures of the oh, alpaca gosh. inside the RV. So have to have a very willing host <laughs> <laughs> and be willing to see what the alpaca does when it gets in your RV. That, that could be interesting <laughs> <laughs> to put it politely. Okay. So now that we're on this part and it's getting very unique, actually, what's some of the unique, like the most unique hosts that you have signed up or that anyone signed up? Well, as I was saying, we have a museum of clean, which I think is very, very unique. We have one in Chicago. I'm going to slaughter this because I don't know what they are called. The open air airplanes. Okay. You can go. Um, By plane kind of things. And yeah. So you can actually go up in an airplane and do that. We have a covered wagon trail. Now that one, um, they do require you most 99% of our hosts do not require any um, mandatory things, but this one, they actually take you in a covered wagon out and they cook you a steak dinner and a really nice dinner out oh, wow. in the middle of the wilderness, kind of like you were um, a pioneer in the frontier days. And they take you out and you can sleep in the um, covered wagon and spend the night out underneath the stars. So that's kind of a fun and unique one. I'm trying to think what else we have that's fun and unique. We have a dinosaur museum. We have lots of the museums are like funky, donkey, weird, fun stuff. Um, you know, uh, we have, you know, the RV 
museum is in there too. We have a our, one of our most popular hosts is the Tallahassee Automobile Museum down Tallahassee. Super, super popular host for us. Cool. I mean, and then do you have you have Harvest House in Canada and do you also have some in like Mexico or Baja? Like Baja is Mexico. We do have, let me look here. We do have um looking for Baja. We have a couple in Baja, but we do have over 200 in Canada. Mm. So yeah, we're trying to keep everybody in there and we're trying to add more. We're, we've, we're adding right now, our goal is to add 300 hosts a month, but we are right probably 225 ish a month, 230 a month, 250, somewhere in that range Then we're adding a month. So we're continually adding. So we have three in Baja, California area. I would say so with breweries because that's basically like we seek we stay at wine uh, wineries and vineyards and farms and stuff. Yeah, we stayed at the alpaca farms a we couple do. of times. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. But we definitely, you know, being the crappier people that we are, seek out breweries. Um, and there are definitely a lot. I mean, there are a lot less breweries out there as Harvest Toast, and I imagine it's probably just because a lot of them are in cities and in. That's t- correct. So we want it to be a place where you feel safe staying and, but we have, I'll tell you, we did a big push last year to add breweries. So I think we added, we went from probably 40, 50 breweries. Um, we're getting close to 200 if we're, if we don't have more than that right now. So we've had it, we've added a big push towards the breweries in the past year. So that's been a, you know, especially the craft breweries, the, you know, we've really worked hard to get some of those into our program. So, so what have you guys had any, um, like surprising stories from members that have stayed different places. And I, I don't mean like in a bad way, but just like stories are like that you love to retell that like a, a harvest host member has said, um, such and al- such happened at this place. I put an alpaca inside my rig and <laughs> a picture, you know, Probably my favorite story that people hear me tell all the time. And it's really my favorite. And I think it, it goes again, back to the community. And I think those are probably my favorite stories, but we have, um, we had a family, they were a homeschooling family on the road full time and they had three children and they stopped at a farm to help them and, or to, they didn't stop to help them. They just stopped, you know, to be a, ho- to be a member at the host farm. And while they were there, they noticed the farm workers were like milling around like crazy and just, they're like, just go park over there. It's fine. You know, and they were, and so the mom said, is everything okay? It seems like, you know, is this not a good time? And the farmer's wife said, well, actually we have a crop that is coming due and it's supposed to frost tonight. And so we've got like eight hours to get the entire crop in. So their family of five spent the entire day helping them get the, I'm getting goosebumps, just telling you, helping them get the crop in. So they managed to get the whole crop in. They worked side by side with the farmers all day long to get the crop in and managed to get the majority of it in before nightfall and before the frost came. So they helped them save their crops. So to me, that is just amazing. Well, and that kind of play the whole RV community, you know, I, the, this three years that we've been on the road, it's, it never ceases to amaze us how most people are more like that than not like that. You know, people want to help each other and have this community and, and just be good people to each other. I think in general, Whereas, you know, if you sit, if you sit in your little bubble and you get on Facebook for three hours a day, you think the world is burning up. It's like, it feels like everything's crashing down. But when you get out there and talk to people and meet new people all the time and stuff, I mean, there's a lot of great 
things going on in the world and a lot of great people in the world that that make things like this so much fun, yeah. I think. And the pandemic has been huge for us for that. Like if you go to our blog, we have tons of stories on our blog about, you know, when the country started shutting down last March, our members were all over the country and they were trying to get back home. And if, and a lot of the, I mean, the campgrounds shut down immediately and the state parks and the, you know, and the federal parks shut down immediately. So our people had nowhere to go. We saw a huge surge in memberships in that couple of week time period when we wouldn't have expected it. And I think it's because people were like, Hey, I stayed at a harvest host last night. Like that's the only place I could find. And so our hosts were monumental in getting our members who aren't full timers back home or back to a place where they could, you know, even if they were full-time on the road to giving them a day or two to like regroup and go like, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? We can't go campgrounds are closed now. So it was huge. The pandemic brought, and it was so much fun to read those stories and, and back to the community thing, we have had an unbelievable amount of our hosts tell us that during the pandemic, if it had not been for our members, they would have closed their doors because they weren't making any other income. They weren't going, you know, the farmers aren't going to farmer's markets because there's no farmer's market. Right. And so one of the stories, we had a girl who she's autistic and she sold, she's, she hand makes pottery. And so she was no longer going to the art fairs and the pottery things. And so her mom, you know, sent us an email and said, Hey, listen, I, you know, this has been great because my daughter's still been able to sell her pottery to anybody who ha we have coming in. Well, then we posted, I posted that on Facebook and it went viral. And so everybody was calling her going, I want that piece in the picture and that piece. So she was still, she wasn't even in, she was selling pottery based on our Facebook post. So it's been fun, you know, to, to get an email from the host saying, it saved our business, you know, Harvest Host has saved our business during the pandemic time. Hopefully this year has opened up and we've lots more travelers and, and people are, you know, with the vaccinations and with everything else going on, people are getting back to, to somewhat normal, if you can say that. And yeah. so it's just been a lot of, so many great stories. So go to the blog, read those, and you'll, you'll hear all that fun stuff. Wait, so speaking of traveling, you just made me remember that um, I just got this like email from Boondockers Welcome. Yes. So Harvest Host has recently acquired and we're going to be partnering with uh, Boondockers Welcome. So they will now be part of um, the Harvest Host community too. And Carrie, who is their main customer service person and host relations person, is coming along to work for us full-time to continue to handle all the Boondockers Welcome um, customers and they call them guests there. So they're going to handle, the, she's going to help us handle the guests and, and we are going to open that up a little bit to our members. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. They're going to keep the whole premise of Boondockers Welcome is going to stay pretty close to what all the Boondockers Welcome guests are used to. So we're not going to change much, but it is um, a fun little acquisition that I think is going to be a great asset for the Harvest Host community, for the Boondockers Welcome community to come together and be a bigger community. Um, like since we've been members for three years, we've kind of seen Joel come in and and um, run the company. And he's done some amazing, he really spearheaded a lot of amazing things with Harvest Host. It was already a good program, but he's grown it so much, like adding golf courses across the country to as places to stay, which isn't one of the things that we take advantage of a lot because we're not big golfers or anything, but you know, 
that's a fantastic little addition to the program if you enjoy that kind of stuff. But then to do things like Boondockers Welcome. Awesome. And I know that a lot of this happens because Joel is also an RVer. So he, he is, yes, he is an RVer. Around a lot yeah. and stuff. So he he experiences it hands-on. It's not like he's just running a company trying to build it up and then dump it somewhere down the line. No. And he, uh, and he was, that's how he got interested in Harvest Host was because he and his wife actually took a year, maybe two, I'm not sure exactly how long, but they were full-time on the road for a while. And they went out and, you know, they found Harvest Host, you know, I think he was thinking, Hey, we should go park at a winery. It'd be great to have a glass of wine and, you know, park our RV and realize that there was a company that was doing that. And so he connected with Kim and Don Green at that time and they owned it. And, I think he, he asked them, Hey, I'm interested in your business. And they're like, no, we like it. We're good. And then later they, you know, renegotiated and came, you know, so he bought the company. He liked it so much. He bought it. You've heard that on a commercial somewhere. And um, <laughs> so he, he's been a great, it's been wonderful to sit under him and, you know, to work. And in the beginning, I, he had a tech person and I was like the first person he hired. So it was me, all things customer service. So I was helping recruit hosts. I was helping to answer all of the member emails. I was posting Facebook page. I mean, like everything that needed to be done, I was helping him do. So it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of growing pains when you, you know, start adding new members and changing systems and all that. And he pretty much gave me some passwords and said, Hey, have fun. You help us out. (laughs) Um, But it was so much fun to learn. And it's just been so wonderful to see the growth and to see the opportunities and to learn. Like there was a time when I first started, like I knew every single host and I knew, you know, like I could tell you all the different hosts. Cause I just looked at them all the time and now I'm not in there. So every now and then a host will come by me and I'll be like, Ooh, I don't remember hearing about that host. So it's, it's wonderful to see the growth that we've had. It's really a lot of fun. So Joel was, or is an RVer. How about you? Have you RVed before or how did you get, like, where did this interest come from? I have not RVed and I will tell you the funny story. So I had tried to talk my husband in for years. I had heard a woman who did back before podcast, back before all that, she took her family and did a road trip for a year. And so, um, on one of our first walks on the beach, my husband said, Hey, what, if you could do anything, so this has been 25 years ago, if you could do anything in the world, what would you, and I'd be like, I'd be in an RV full time and I'd be on the road. And this was before remote working. This was before, you know, but of course at that time, I'm like, I don't know how to make a living on the road at this point, but someday I'd like to do that. And so I had had him talked into becoming a full-time RVer. We're really close. We were going to, we were getting rid of things. We were trying to figure out how to downsize. And I picked out a grand design RV with a bunkhouse for the kids, had it all set. He got offered the job of a lifetime. Uh-oh. So we came to Kentucky to take his job of a lifetime. It worked out for exactly eight months. And that was the end of our job for a lifetime. And by that time we had just bought a new house and we'd settled back down into sticks and bricks. But right before that, we'd gotten rid of like a a good majority of our stuff. And then what happened after that, he lost his job. And then I, I was in a head on collision and broke my neck. So we never did get the RV, but it's still on my bucket list and it's going to happen. And especially because I get to do this, but I still get to go visit hosts in my little mom van and we're going to take a trip this week. So we try, I do travel a lot. So um, even in my mom van without the RV. And so this next week, we're going to travel to Texas and see like five hosts along the way. And that's something new that we've just instituted. So 
we are calling it the team toward the host program. So all of our team members have the opportunity to go. We, we're hoping that they'll go and visit hosts, whether that we have a lot of the new team members that have come in that are all in RVs and van, they do, we have some van life people, but then we have some that don't like me who don't have an RV. So we are encouraging them as team members to go out and visit our hosts. Oh, very cool. Very yeah. That, the awesome thing with that is people in RVs are always looking for ways to write off their RV travel on their taxes. You have a totally legit way to do it now because you work for <laughs> I, so I don't I, think the IRS is going to question you writing off your RV travel. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think that's a great idea. So I will, I'm going to talk to my husband about that today and say, hey, you know that RV trip we were going to take three years ago? We didn't do now you can go full time and just write it all off and see. So there's a pro tip right there for anybody who wants to get out of their taxes. Just come work for Harvest Host and you can write off your RV travel. And your just taxes. disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about and I probably shouldn't be held Wait. accountable as a reliable source. We are not accountable. <laughs> That's funny. No. Uh, <laughs> and so how did you guys get started to be full-time? Like what, what was your catalyst of change? You can tell it. Yes. Okay. Cause you'll take a long time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically for for years, we have two kids and for years we had planned to move to the Colorado mountains. Once our youngest son kind of got established in college and stuff like that. And once he got established, we realized it was going to be way too expensive to move into the mountains and also too limiting because we've always loved travel. But as far as I've had a remote job for a long time, even before then, but April was a teacher and having a hard time finding a new job up in the mountains that would jive with the expense that it would cost. And somehow April had been listening to podcasts like um, Zero to Travel I was and listening, the RV Entrepreneur and stuff. Yeah, I was listening to podcasts on my 45 to 60 minute commute to work one yeah. way. And so oh. yeah, just in Denver traffic. And it just like one of the podcasts she was listening to started talking about RV travel full time and living in an RV. And she's like, wait, what? And we started talking about it and had always been like tiny home shows, you know, the tiny home shows on yeah. her TV channel. We'd always watch those shows going, oh, it's kind of cool. But the RV thing seemed more feasible, more mobile. And we're like, we love to travel. So now we could just travel all the time and, and work from the road and just and be where we want to be when we're there, you know, get done work and go up, ride our mountain bikes or whatever. And so we just decided to do it. We knew you know. nothing about RVs. Yeah, we, we had no, no idea. When what we, we camped, it was tent camping and stuff <laughs> like that. So we knew absolutely nothing about RVs. So we started searching and, you know, things work out the way they're supposed to work out. And our brother-in-law knew someone who was selling an RV. And that's ultimately where we yeah, ended Luckily, up. we didn't have a big, you know, like bad moment that was our catalyst to get out there. It was just that it was that time in life where things are changing. You know, our, our both our sons are adults now and doing quite well on their own. So it's the whole, what do they think of their nomad parents? They're both yeah. Really they both seem very proud, proud of what of we're us. doing and excited. We're like, they say that their friends all say, you guys have such cool parents that, that go do all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, feels well, kind of good. 50 nomads and they just travel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so. what, you know, I, I think that it sets a precedence for your kids too. And that was kind of one of the things that I, I was looking forward to when we were talking about going full-time was it sets the precedent for your kids that you don't have to, you can be uniquely you 
and you can do things uniquely your way. And that doesn't make it wrong or right. It makes it you and it makes it, you can be unique in that, in, in whatever you're doing. It's okay for you to do that as long as it, you know, is working for you. And I think that, you know, when, when the kids and I were talking about going full-time and, and trying to convince dad to come along, you know, come on, dad, you really want a full-time, you know, RV. You don't want to stay home and in the house anymore. And when we were trying to convince him of that, and I think they just like the idea that, Hey, we don't have to live on a block and go to school from nine to three every day and do all these things that everybody else is doing. We can still be a family in an RV and some of the RVs out there. Oh my gosh. They're like nicer than apartments. Yes. Oh gosh. They're amazing. So yeah. you can still live very comfortably, not just be in an RV. You can live very comfortably in an RV and have a nice, you know, home that you take on the road with you. And I think that's sometimes what people don't see is it has all the great full-size refrigerator, you, all the, the same fun stuff. In some, some of them, oh, so some of them are more tricked out than our house was for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ways to RV. There's so many ways to live in an RV full-time, part-time, whatever, but oh, there's so just many. in so many ways to plan or not to plan or to have adventures or just be snuggled up in your cozy home on the wheel, you know, home on wheels. Like there's, and even, you know, our traveling is so different too. And it's the same idea. You can be traveling all over the place with a backpack and still living and having the time of your life. You don't have, like you said, you don't have to be the Monday through Friday, nine to five thing, unless you like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. If that's your thing, do it. <laughs> and some people need that stability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but my friends who know me, I'm like the perfect candidate for the RV life. Cause we just decide, Hey, we're going to leave and we're just gone. We'll just pack a bag and go. Um, I remember I used to be a wedding planner before I worked at Harvest House before we moved. And, um, I loved wedding planning, but I remember one time I just like had enough of like life. And my husband came home and he, um, came home. He was, a, he would do DJing on the weekends. He had like a real full-time job, but on the weekends he would do DJing kind of as a spinoff from the wedding industry. We started a DJ company. And so he came home one midnight and I said, guess what we're doing tomorrow. We're going to Disney. He's like, Lisa, it is midnight. It's time to go to sleep. I'm like, but we're going to Disney tomorrow. So we packed up the kids the next morning and left. And literally it was like a thought at like 8 PM. And by midnight, I had the whole thing planned. I had the hotel booked and it all, and we just left. And so those are the kind of fun. I love to be spontaneous and adventurous. So Harvest Host fits right in with all of that spontaneity and fun stuff. Harvest Host has been a lifesaver for us because we are, especially the first probably two to two and a half years, we were very sporadic travelers where like there were often days where, where are you staying tonight? Eh, we don't know. But like, we didn't, we didn't, we're not those planners who booked out an RV park three months ahead of time or anything like that. We rarely stayed at RV parks. We would plan as we go. I will say this. That's another thing the pandemic has done. That's been a little bit more challenging. RVers, we still have some of our state and um, federal campgrounds that are shut down. They're still, they have not opened yet. And some of the traditional campgrounds are or in RV parks are limiting how many people they're allowing. So there's a lot, there's a lot more RVs on the road because RV sales are at their highest that they've been in decades. Yeah. And there's a little bit less of your traditional spaces available because of social distancing and some of the states still very, very locked down even at this point. And so that's one thing we've actually had to adapt Harvest Host to a little bit also, because in the past you could, it was a little bit more spontaneous. You could, and you still can. However, we did have to go ahead and adopt 
um, an online request to stay system. So you can get online, you can see what the calendar is and you can request to stay via email because our hosts were just getting so busy and they just begged us for a different way than the phone calls because of, you know, as I said, the limitations on the campgrounds that were available made us have to just change a little bit and pivot what we were doing to help adapt to that. So that's been another change that the pandemic has done for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to go because it's, you know, some of the harvest hosts do get very busy, you know, there are some very popular spots. So, well, you mentioned Booth Bay. That's a real popular one. Yep. Well, okay. Now we're in trouble because we're going to send everybody to Booth Bay now. Yeah. (laughs) You can't go there because they're all booked up because April and Ken booked them. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. So what's been your favorite part of living on the road? What do you like? I mean, besides the adventure and spontaneity and waking up wherever you want to, what do you, and then you also mentioned community Are those the two things that you would say you like the most. Yeah. I mean, for me, yes. I I like, I like that we can travel wherever we want to go. And even though we both still work, you know, most of the work that we do typically is um, remote so we can be where we want to be. And like I said, we can take a lunch break and take a one or two hour lunch break and go ride, or we can end our day early and go do the thing we want to do in that area. Um, things like that. But the community is one of the biggest things because we've, over the time we've been on the road, we've built a pretty strong road community. So almost anywhere we go, we have friends that we end up kind of palling around with, or, or we have friends that we've met along the road that live in a fixed location somewhere. And we end up getting to see a lot of friends and a lot of family that maybe we otherwise wouldn't if we were in a house in Denver and had to fly everywhere, drive everywhere, just out of there. I think we probably wouldn't get to see a lot of those people as much. And I like, I like the different places that we go and the little game that we play sometimes, like we could live here or maybe we don't want to live here. Cause you know, we don't, we don't have any plans of being done anytime soon, but we always do that little game too. It's like, if we really like a place, could we actually settle here? Um, Is it, is it based off of like the adventurous piece of the area or the, the people that are around the area or how big is it or how small is it? And you get to experience all of that, those different pieces. Which we're doing right now. Living, living for five months in one area. (laughs) Yeah, we're in Big Fork, Montana for several months uh, doing some work up here. And so, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. And then, go ahead. What would you say has been your biggest surprise? Like as you got on the road, like the biggest thing you didn't expect when you got on the road? I think it's been more about like kind of ourselves. I, I think is the biggest surprise is like you still take yourself with you. So it doesn't matter like if you're in a sticks and break house or traveling across the world or traveling in an RV or in a tent or car or whatever you're doing, you are still yourself, like literally, because I used to think that, oh, my stress or whatever is going to just automatically go away from whatever is going on in life. (laughs) It's just, it's you. So I think about that. So I also thought that I was the more outgoing, (laughs) love to be with all the time. And it turns out Kenny is that more (laughs) extrovert, like he will constantly be with anybody, everybody, every night, every day, like campfires, brewery meetups, <laughs> hanging out all the time. And I'm like, I love everybody, but I'm done socializing. I'm going in. <laughs> you continue <laughs> hanging out. So just learning those little things too, as, as you're, you, you take yourself with you, but you also learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, we went to the Hershey RV show, which was fantastic. We have, it was two years ago 
and um, before the pandemic. And I am a high, high extrovert. Like I'll talk to anybody anywhere. I come out of like the bathroom at the theater talking to somebody. My husband's like, we went, you went to the bathroom at the theater, really? But so I, I can talk to people anywhere. And when we went to the Hershey RV show, because we had so many of our members stop by to see us and we were telling people about the Harvest Host program. Um, you know, I, we started talking at like nine o'clock in the morning by three o'clock. I'm like, I'm done. I can't talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> so, and my, and the other, um, person who is in our host, um, success team, she went with me and she is an extroverted introvert, you know, so she can turn it on when she has to, but I think she'd rather be a little introverted. And so I, by three o'clock, I'm like, Oh, you must be dying over there because I am dying at three o'clock after six hours of talking. I'm like, I'm done. I can't talk anymore. And we'd have to stay, we had to stay till like eight, I think seven or eight. So, but it was so much fun to meet. Oh, we have, you're right. The RV community is just, it's a very fun, unique. I mean, there are your, you know, just like in real life, there's the ones out there that you're like, if you could find that camp spot way over there, this week, <laughs> yeah, right. we're here to have fun. And I'm sorry, our dog is barking, but we're going to have fun over on this side. You can go to the non-fun side. Yeah, <laughs> you still have those, but it's all in how you know how you how you do it and how well, I know. Can't yeah. take yourself too seriously. I think no, you can't. And that's why it matches up. Like the brewing community is kind of very very similar to that. It's the the brewing community is very in general hanging out and just want to talk and chat. And that was really hard for us during the pandemic too. Mm -hmm. If we would go into a a brewery where you could only do takeout or something, or everything was closed or the bar was shut down. And that was what we would do. Like we're always with each other. Mm -hmm. And so we're always constantly talking together. When we go to a brewery, it's nice to sit at a bar and just chat up anybody else who's sitting next to you. And so when the pandemic came, it's just like, I can't like, when, when like a lot of places had outdoor seating only, you know, for a while. And so we would go to those places and we would still somehow manage to meet new people. It just happened to be like, Hey, how you doing? Yelling across the yard. You know, As you stuff. sit in the snow in Montana, drinking <laughs> yes. your beer because you can't go inside. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. We were in Denver in, in December and we've had many of those moments where we're sitting outside in the snow and still drinking beer and, and meeting some people, I you mean, know, that's what we did on the mountain when we were snowboarding, you sit outside, drink beer. So, Hey, it's the same thing. We'll sit outside in the city, the streets of Denver. <laughs> it wasn't our optimum it, experience. <laughs> I'll give you my favorite life hack of 2020. I got, cause I don't like to be cold. So I got a heated coat. Have you ever oh, had a heated oh, coat? No. Oh my gosh. Life changing. Because, and, and it doesn't even get very cold here where I live. So, I mean, it gets cold, you know, it can get down the teens and, you know, early, you know, up to zero, but it doesn't really go below zero hardly ever. And, but life-changing. So if you do have, you know, you may want to have to buy a heated coat to do that. So what's your favorite RV hack? If you had to pick an RV hack, what would you do? I, I think she's like turned the tables on us. And she's I like, have. Oh, I'm interviewing you in case I decide to go full-time next week or something. Favorite RV hack. I don't know. Do you... Something you wouldn't get caught. You'd you'd take in any RV. You would take that with you. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and beer probably keeps the fun side of it going too. And I would say that now having had one, even though we don't use it all the time, the UK is like a cool. <laughs> There's a little there. You know the 64 ounce growlers that they sell in like breweries and stuff. The glass yeah. growlers. They make like a, a metal one called the UK that has a little CO2 cartridge, replaceable CO2 cartridge you put in the top. So it keeps it um, carbonated. 
Oh, that's so hilarious. You, you can get that filled up and you can take like two weeks to drink that beer because it stays carbonated. It doesn't go flat. And it's a great size for an RV refrigerator is the key. It, is it a fits, fits perfectly in the RV refrigerators. And so you then you can like just drink a little bit at a time instead of having to feel like you got to finish off that 64 ounces. Really <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know if we have a great answer for you for that, but I suppose knowing our travel lifestyle is craft beer. Like that's a pretty good answer though, that you take. It yeah, is. That is a good answer. And that could be for like people who are in sticks and bricks like me, they can oh, yeah. buy one of those. So perfect. Oh yeah. It's for anybody. And they make different, they can, they make an even bigger one too. So if you are in sticks and bricks and have a regular residential refrigerator you could fit that yeah now have you guys made your own beer at all oh yeah oh yes we make have you? we actually just made some about a week and a half ago that we have to bottle probably tonight <laughs> so we've we've brewed in baja on the road um right on the beach we've brewed in like literally a state park in state outside park of in hot springs arkansas which we don't know how legal any of this is. So we might have to edit some of this out. <laughs> yes, Cedar Glades. But they can't catch you now because it's in the past, right? Yeah, that's the way it works. That's what I'm rolling with. Yeah. So we've brewed, <laughs> we've brewed off grid, completely off grid in the middle of nowhere places. before. We've brewed like in, you know, backyards of families and friends. And mm-hmm. we brewed on, off, like, my, did we brew my dad's farm? No. No, we didn't actually. I don't know. We brewed a decent amount of places and we try to use like local ingredients. When we brew. Yeah. Like when we brewed in Arkansas, we used the hot spring water from town. You know, when if for anybody who's been through hot springs, um, they have potable hot spring water that just comes up naturally out of the ground and they have fountains all over town that you can go fill up jugs and stuff. Oh, fun. And so we use that water and then we brewed at the park outside of town. And while we're brewing, they, it was a time of year when they had fresh pine needles coming out on the trees. And so we're like, Hmm. We picked a few pine needles and crushed them up, threw it in the beer. And, and how was it? It was, it was fantastic. Well, you also really good did pecans from around there and you were roasting Yeah, and pecans. we did pecans so from we there that we it, roasted. We called it a pecan pine porter. <laughs> Fun. We tried that to was local. one of our funnest ones to brew probably. Yeah, that was cool. Because we were in the middle of nowhere. We had no power, no like extra. We weren't hooked, hooked up to anything. So that's all you could do is just brew beer. Like it's a really good excuse. Like we have no power. We just have to brew beer. I'm just going to brew beer. See? And it was kind of like you, the IRS and your RV, because I work for Harvest So you can say we just had to brew beer because it was all we could do. <laughs> that's it. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't write off the beer part, but we can write off beer ingredients because it's not beer yet. So that's cool. It's part of our business. We can. We work very closely with our accountant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> disclaimer from the irs is listening disclaimer yeah yes we we spin him a lot of questions that he's like hmm right, <laughs> so researching do you think you'll ever be on the road with the rv you and your family i really really hope so um my my oldest daughter is going to be a senior in high school this year okay. and she who knows where she'll end up uh, we travel a lot. My, she's in conservatory in Nashville. So we live in um, near Lexington, Kentucky area. And so we travel every other weekend. We're back and forth. And I actually just had a talk this morning with my host success manager. And he's like, you just need to go ahead and buy the Sprinter van. As much as y'all are traveling in your mom van, just buy the Sprinter van. You can take it to conservatory. You can sit, you have the table. It's already there. You have a refrigerator. You can cook right in the parking lot. You'll be all set. So I really do hope someday that we will. That's always been my dream for 20 years. And I think that 
um, you know, once the kids, you know, my kids are in eighth grade and 11th grade right now. Well, actually they just finished those, but, um, so yeah, probably I, I do believe if nothing else, I don't know now that I'm older and I've had the health issues since I broke my neck. I don't know that I would be full-time, but I could definitely see myself on the road for four or five months at a time, you know, maybe coming home for Christmas with the kids and then off again, maybe, or maybe I'll get out there and love it so much like you guys that I will never want to come back. That's probably more likely the scenario that I'll be like, well, I don't need to go back. I just sell the stuff in storage. We'll be good. Yeah. Well, just after this little conversation, I think I would talk to your husband, not you, I'm not telling you to do this. (laughs) I, I would actually talk to your husband and tell him to be really prepared because just like that Disney trip you talked about, I could see RVing happening like that for you. Overnight. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. And it would be tomorrow. everything I've ever done in my whole life has been like that. I have been the most fun. Like my husband and I, we had planned to get married and then his sister found out she was pregnant with twins. And so she wasn't going to be able to travel and you know, all the family dynamics. So we decided on a Wednesday to get married on a Friday night and I was a wedding planner. So I planned 50, 60, $100,000 weddings all the time. And I planned my wedding in like 24 hours and we got married on Friday night. So yeah. So the fun, the spontaneous part of me, if somebody pulled up with an RV in my driveway tomorrow and said, Hey, this is yours. I'd be like, bye everyone. It's been really great to know you. (laughs) There would be no question. So there's nothing material. I'm not a materialistic person. So there's nothing in my life um, maybe my journal and my Bible that I would take with me and I'd be gone. It'd be fun. So take a lot of pictures along the way and have a great time. Exactly. I think, I think that's a, that's a great ending right there though. Perfect. Hopefully I'll see you here. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to like this. I will see you on the road soon. You will. I'm sure you will definitely see you on the road. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a good one. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to seeing you on the road. We're cheersing with coffee. You're probably cheersing yes. with water. I'm cheersing with water right now because, you know. That's fine. It's- oh, the beer we drink is coffee and water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're going to talk about seeing people on the road, my friend, like what we were just cheersing to, right? Yeah. yeah. You will sometimes have to go up to the bar, I guess, and sit at the bar and be willing to say hi to a stranger. Because if you're going to meet these different people all over on the road, you're going to have to put yourself out there a little bit. And so totally go to a brewery or wherever you want to go with a whole group of your friends, because that's awesome as well. But sometimes just go with your significant other or go with one friend or go by yourself and just be willing to say hi. And because that's what's going to make those connections all along the road. That's what's going to be like that cheers to seeing you on the road. My friend is doing that too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have been, that's how you meet new people. Get the hell out of your little bubble sometimes. Get out of the bubble. Yeah. We've all been a bubble too long. <laughs> we have Get totally out of the been bubble. a bubble too long. Get out of the bubble. Pop the bubble. <laughs> yeah. And again, I just want to remind everybody, if you're a brewer or farmer or brewery owner or whatever, if you have a space for an RV to park, like you can totally connect with us. Um, links on the show notes, but you can totally connect with us on how to become a harvest host. And then if you want to be a Harvest Host member and have some fun stories of your own while you're traveling along the road, um, we can definitely get you there too. Show notes. We'll have the link to how to become a member and you can save like 15% off your membership fee. Yeah. It's worth it. But does it. It's way yeah. worth it. And it's fun. Yeah. So there what you go. What else to say? What else to say? Oh my gosh, it's fun. I hope um, Lisa, so Lisa was talking about how she always, always wanted to move into an RV. So may her dream of 
probably part-time RVing come true. Oh, I think it'll happen. Yeah. She just strikes me as the type of person that is, it, when it's the right time, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen fast. Yeah. So Lisa's husband, beware. <laughs> Which I'm probably not telling him anything he doesn't know already. <laughs> he's probably well aware that someday uh, he's going to live in an RV, and it's going to happen overnight. Y'all know the women are in charge, so yeah, just get that. Get used to that one. Oh, you know what? Speaking of overnight places, places to stay overnight, and breweries, and mountain biking. Mm, yeah, I and do we can know also throw a little bit of um, photography in there. What? Yeah. Yeah. So overnight this stays. Sounds strangely familiar to me. Overnight stays. Overnight stays. With friends. With friends. And new friends. Yeah. Mountain biking. Mountain biking. Learning about beer. Drinking beer. Going to breweries. And and did I get it all? And photography, like learning how to do some photography mm-hmm. while you're traveling maybe in a Jeep or something like that. Yeah. <gasps> I think all that happens. Oh my God, yes, it all happens. <laughs> so cheesy. It all happens in Ure in October. <laughs> it does at Camp Carpe Diem. C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M dot com. And dude, you guys, you're not running out of time yet to sign up, but you're kind of running out of time. So you should just sign up because this is going to be... Yeah. A blast. I know a lot of you have heard this a lot and you're kind of thinking about it and you're like, should I, should I, should I? Just just sign up. I mean, it's not that much money and you're going to meet new friends or join up with old friends or whatever, but you're just going to have a great time. So Yeah, April yeah, threw out it. the website and we have a link to the Camp Carpe Diem website on our website at livingasoutlife.com. So check out the website. We've added some new stuff on there about... Like uh, um, we did a bio recently about Jill and August Wheeler, who are going to be a couple of our camp counselors who are like just phenomenal mountain bikers and experts in a lot of stuff that they're going to be doing a lot of things with us. And we also put um, our our initial agenda up there that that's probably going to change a little bit, but there's a lot. It'll give you a lot of ideas on what we're going to be doing. Yep. 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 (laughs) <laughs> and obviously you can connect with us, you know, with Harvest Host on our website. You can also find them at harvesthost.com. But, you know, we, we, we'd love you to connect through Harvest Host through us because, you know, dude, we're people on the road trying to make some money and we get a little bit of money off of that. We do. Just a little bit. And we appreciate it. Yeah. So. Very much. Awesome. All right. What should they do? Cheers. No, they have to do something before cheers. What do we got to do? Okay. So after they signed up at campcarpadium.com. Oh. And after they became a member of Harvest Host or a host of Harvest Host through our website, if you haven't already subscribed. So if your list isn't long enough yet, <laughs> add to it, share the podcast with a friend of yours that you think might like it, um, follow, you know, subscribe to the podcast or leave us a review, stuff like that. Buy us some beer because I'm drinking wine. Because you can buy us some beer, too. There's a link you can just click and buy us some beer. Because I'm drinking wine, and I think I need beer. And we would appreciate that. Okay, yeah. Kenny would appreciate that I should drink beer and not the wine. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah, I would. Just because if you buy me beer, then he gets beer, too. I think we've rambled long enough now. (laughs) So with that, I'm going to say thank you guys for checking it out, and uh, we hope to see you down the road. Cheers. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs. <laughs>